to a premium preview episode of LuxPod. My name is Matthew Perpetua. This is a segment from uh, a larger episode featuring Caitlin White, who is the uh, pop critic for Uproxx, and she is the co- she is the founder of a site called Cinnamon. Uh, we're gonna talk. We, we talk a lot about pop music in this one. This is a little, little segment where we get into that. Um, you want to hear the full episode you want to hear all the episodes of this show not just the free ones you want to hit up patreon.com slash lux blog five dollars a month will get you all of it uh yeah uh sign up i think you'll like it if not you just laugh it's like cancel what are you gonna do uh, you won't really offend me if you cancel uh but yeah here we go this is caitlin white Did you listen to the debut from uh, Rina Sw- Hold on, let me get this right. Sawayama? Yeah, actually, one of the mo- one of the- another episode of this, I-, I stumbled over that name too, embarrassingly enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that- that's, that's fine. Born in London, London, very good, like, Euro pop, in my opinion. Yeah, well, she also has, like, a- the reason it came up was, like, I did, like, a Q&A episode, and someone was asking about, like, these artists who are like adding new metal into their thing and she she has a couple of oh yeah for sure um yeah I'm, you know well she said she said she has her second album half done in an interview last week or something yeah yeah that that's a record that i, I kind of went to a couple times like oh maybe i'll write about something from it but nothing really kind of stuck with me really oh my god yeah. i love it i thought bad friend was really good Calm de Garçon was the one that I loved the most. record and this happens from time to time is like i really admire like the ideas or sounds in it but like the melodies don't really do anything mm. for me that's that's kind of how i felt about um the charlie record i feel that way about almost everything she does. <laughs> like, like i would say like a solid 90 percent of her stuff mm. so like once like one in ten songs i might like a lot so which is not you know honestly not a bad average you know most what? people you know what really helped me understand her i went to like the red bull lecture um, you know, well, they'll do like a 60 to 90 minute, like a deep dive into the artist's life. And she said that she wanted to be a pop star because she was obsessed with Britney Spears. And I would have never drawn that connection like musically, but then it started to make sense with some of like the aesthetic choices or just some of the things that she does. I was like, oh, that's who you're tracing yourself off. Now I kind of understand yeah. you more. I think like even the, the broader thing with her and 
also like the people like uh like ag cook and that whole crew they're all referencing specifically like early aughts pop music but especially the stuff from england uh, so britney spears would be like the, the an american thing that's kind of in with that because she's using a lot of the same producers but yeah like if if you hear a lot of that stuff you're like okay this is your context for pop and it's also why she has such a hard time uh crossing over in the mm-hmm. united states because all of her reference points are stuff that was not actually popular here that totally makes sense because it always feels like a little left of center. It always feels a little bit like, okay. I mean, I've actually thought last year's Charlie record, I think it's called How I'm Feeling Now, was one of her best records. But, and my problem with her is like, I can't, I remember liking the album as a whole, but I can't necessarily like name a song that I loved. It kind of like, it all the one like together. That was Claws. Claws was good. And the one where she like remixes that song off pop two. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a remix of a, a song off pop two that I really like. Like your mind, like your smile, like your eyes, I could die. Aeroplane, you are so fly, singing songs like Jeremiah. Party time, hop inside, we're so high. Go look us a bright diamond bright, kiss me right. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate what she does in the uh, in the abstract, certainly, because I feel like she is kind of well, she's reaching that stuff, but she's also like she kind of uh, a lot of like the more harsh versions of pop, like she kind of filters back through her very professional uh, songwriting. So, yeah, she she exists in this very weird, neither here nor there space, which I think in the future, like you know, we'll be seen like she'll, I feel like she will be held in pretty high estimation, but I think anybody who's expecting her to have like, I feel like that's always the thing. Like there's always like every single cycle that she goes through, there's like magazine articles. Like this is the time that she's finally going to cross right. over. It's like, no, well, she's never going to cross over. Like, I feel right. like she might occupy a similar space <laughs> as like Bjork did in the late nineties where she, is famous she has songs that were on mtv like she is ostensibly pop but she is also fully weird i think she would love that and comparison I, oh yeah i mean i feel like that is the space she's in like she she is absolutely a a, a bjork i wouldn't say she's like necessarily as good as she is but i i think like that's a lane that she's occupying there's i think there's a few other people who who are kind of in a similar lane like bjork basically created a lane that people can now be in that simply did not exist before would you put lord in that lane i think lord is actually going to be more like fiona apple Mm. oh but another especially in like the kind of the long waits between records and people are like you know, waiting for it's a life update. Been that from long, Lord. By the way, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like, but you can kind of get the sense that she will have these increasingly long True. waits between. You can kind of, it's it's very easy to believe that there will be a point where it's like, man, it's been nine years since Lord bought a record. Very true. Um, but I think even if it's like five years, people's patience is very low. Um, but yeah, I think I think that 
yeah, I, I see her career kind of moving in that direction, uh, which is a very, very flattering thing to say. Oh, agree. Lord. Well, I think it's funny um, because the Charlie record that came out in 2019, which was the big one with all the label support, all the features, self-titled, like, gonna be the one, like you said, and then it kind of fell a little flat, which wasn't to say it was a bad record. I, I thought it was actually a good record, but it didn't live up to that narrative. And then you have this thing that she basically puts together at home in 60 days and it's way better. And I thought that's like such a, a telling. Well, I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? Because like, there's no label interference. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure to have a hit. It's just her left her own devices. And, you know, though, like I think so many artists, you know, I mean, anybody like will perform a little better when the pressure is off. Yeah, true. So I do think we'll... I mean, kind of going back to like the thing with Taylor Swift, like she made these two great records with virtually no pressure on her at all. Whereas I think Lover has this like, it really suffers from like, oh God, we I have to turn things around. Not everybody like reputation. I have to, you know, service all these different parts of me. Yeah, weirdly in some ways, Reputation becomes my favorite record because it's it's just her being like fuck you I'm gonna do what I want (laughs) and then people don't like it but like I like that she didn't do what people wanted one of the first times maybe that she's ever done that and um, I I, a thing that I really like about her past few records is kind of like the songs that are very transparently about her and Joe Alwyn is am I saying his name right and like so the first two songs of that cycle or at least the ones I really liked anyway, are on that one. So like Delicate and New Year's Day. Oh, those are I think those I think those I think those are two of the best songs she has ever written and probably ever will write. Those are just perfect songs. Uh but like I think that kind of I really see like the the maturation of her art kind of being in parallel with the maturation of her life. Isn't it so funny that it can be like quote unquote one of the worst Taylor records and it still has two perfect songs on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause I, I don't really like a lot of songs from reputation. I mean, I, I, that's probably is one of the ones I don't really care for overall, but yeah, it does have like two or three songs on it that are just like, these are just outrageously good songs. So like two that I would say are like absolutely perfect. Maybe, maybe another two or three that I would think, Oh, these are very good songs. And that's, you know, that's uh, 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 like you're saying, like that's so much better than most people can right. do. I mean, I try to remind people like, Having like one or two good songs on a record is statistically sort of miraculous. Lots of people can't do can't do the one. I really like "Call It What You Want" and "King of My Heart." I like both of those. And again, they're very weird. Yeah, "Getaway Car." I remember that one. Oh, yeah, being "Getaway Car" good. is good too. Um, I do think we going back to Lord though. I do think we're going to get a new record from her this year. It seems like she yeah. kind of comes back online and starts talking about her life when she's going to start talking about her music. Oh, she's also a perfect person to have a record out while it's still kind of COVID times. True. Yeah. You know, because people really want, like, I'm in my feelings. Like, you know, I feel like she's exactly what people want right now. What do you think the next Lana record's going to be like? Probably not very good. Yeah. Well, I didn't like that Um, Love You Like a Woman song. It was terrible. I think that I mean I kind of broached this in a previous episode talking to uh, Molly O'Brien where we were talking a bit about uh, her I think that she I think that the huge acclaim 
of Norman fucking Rockwell validated something in her, but also made her go, I I can't like she, she, she needs to be an underdog. So I think that she will now push like she's, you can already tell like in the, uh, in the past year that she has pushed so hard against the expectations of making another like record, like Norman fucking Rockwell. Did you listen to any of her poetry album? No, no, I did not. Well, I guess I know that's right. I think I listened to like the, maybe there was an advanced track and I was like, mm, and I probably turned it off halfway through. It, it was very Walt Whitman y. Like, I can see why well, but I'm not. No, I, I didn't think it was bad. I just don't really like listening to spoken word or poetry, even though, even if it's the best of that, which I don't think Lana was. I, the one thing I do like about this album is the title chemtrails over the country club is such a just it's just like everything that i would want her to say <laughs> like surreal yeah. and like slightly paranoid but still self-obsessive with wealth like but aware of it like oh just too good yeah i mean i can kind of see this being like about on par what, what is the theme of the record before norman for rockwell um was that ultraviolet the one high on the beach on it oh um Lust for life? Yeah, lust for life. Yeah, I I, I can kind of see whatever she's doing will probably be like sort of like okay. that, where there's some good songs and some songs aren't that great, and it's just kind of a regular Lana Del Rey record. That's kind of what I expect from her. Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas, whereas I think Ultra Violence and Norman Fucking Rockwell are very focused and like let's let's just go all the way with it kind of record. Do you you like Ultra Violence a lot? Me yes, too. I do. Me too. Uh, although especially cruel world and uh shades of cool. yeah i, I loved brooklyn world. baby i thought it was oh and fucked my way up to the top i think it's such a funny song yeah. um yeah on lust for life though there's some clunkers and i think we will see that same like remember that song she did with sean lennon or the one with stevie <laughs> it's like i thought it was so bad yeah I mean, the the one song on that record that's like for me goes in the all timers pile is uh, Terrence loves you. Is that what? Yeah, that one I think is just one of the most beautiful songs she's ever done. You are what you Still go. 
I haven't listened to that record in full and forever. No, I haven't either. It was like coming out right when I was moving back to California and it was a little too on the nose for me. (laughs) Well, she hangs out in Malibu a lot and I went to college there. So I just like was getting a couple references. No, Terrence is on Honeymoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. So, wait, what, what is my favorite song on Less for Life then? Um, now, okay. Now I, I'm pulling up my phone because I'm trying to figure yeah, this okay. out. What is on? She has so many albums. Sometimes I forget how many albums she has. Oh, you know what? Less for Life is the one I don't really like many songs at all. The, on. the ones that were good were were like the ones with ASAP Rocky. <laughs> Right, right. I was, I was like, I was like, okay, what did this? What was this? Oh, okay. I know what song I wrote about on this is love. I, I like yeah, love a lot. That was, that was and like, I think I also wrote about groupie love with ASAP Rocky. Yeah. So those are the two I liked on that one. I, I remember. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is a really forgettable record for her. Yeah, and remember she had like written that Coachella Woodstock song after something had happened at a festival. There was a lot of, was yeah. a lot of Coachella Woodstock in my mm-hmm. mind. It was pretty corny. Okay, so yeah, Honeymoon has Terrence Love. Honeymoon you, is a good record. It, yeah, this one's this one still a lot of songs I don't really care about, but I think is probably a more solid record than that one. So yeah, it's funny because like Norman Rockwell uh, kind of comes after a few records that were just kind of like, ah, eh. take them or leave them. Yeah, whereas the, there's a real focus on Norman that, that Rockwell. Back, I, guess I swear, the, I swear he helped these yeah. women get from 19 songs to 11. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in the abstract, how do you feel about uh, Jack Antonoff? I've never had a problem with him. Well, let me back up. I was a huge fan of a band called The Format, which was Jack and Nate from Fun. Or no, no, no. yeah, The Format. Yeah, you're right, right. And they became so. So Nate made fun, and Jack split off, and he was doing a bunch of other stuff. He had this band called Steel Train that I loved. Um, And whenever everyone, I don't know why everyone, I always liked Bleachers. You know, I always thought he was like a very loving partner to Lena, who was a woman that it would have been easy to just be like, "Nah, I'm done." Like I never had any issues with him. Then he really helped Taylor. He really helped Lord. He really helped Lana. I don't know why there's some quote-unquote hatred for him like he never did anything wrong in my book i feel like the thing with him is you look at this guy who seems like (sighs) he's a certain archetype of guy right if you just kind of look at him you just get a vibe and then yeah right and then you also see like oh you pretty much exclusively work with like white women who seem to be more talented than you are and i think that you just you just it's very easy to draw are they more talented than him if they only do their best work when he's with them yeah well i mean there's there's the there's the pro argument right well now we have the long tail that we can see all of these women only yeah he he has a proven track record yeah and he, he even did a couple of good songs with uh, St. Vincent, who is like, I would say, definitely more talented and than And definitely like, pickier because... than Taylor or Lord. Like, you want to tell me that woman can't yeah. judge character? Because you know she can. Yeah. She seems like a, like a harsh so judge people are jealous like... of Jack? Is that what you're saying? I've... I don't think it's jealousy. The, I when it's I see jealousy. people who really have a negative feeling for him, I think they just expect the worst of him. They're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. But why? Just because of how he looks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I, th- I think it's that and also just like uh like oh so you just glom onto all these women i feel like they you know, seek him like, out yeah i mean i think yeah I, I think it says a lot that these women who are very talented and powerful and could work with anyone they want like they want to work with him they feel comfortable working with him they feel empowered working with him see i liked him back when steel train was a nothing band when the format went nowhere i loved bleachers which never really broke through i've liked i've liked his music for a long long time so for me it's like the vindication of like finally people notice how good this guy is but but apparently people just love to hate on him i don't know why where do you see things going with him? Because it seems like, you know, uh, I mean, he only has one song on Evermore, which is a good song, Gold Rush. Um, but it seems like maybe... Well, he's working like, with Lord, So this will be the Lord yeah, album he, cycle for him this year. Okay. Um, All right. I don't know. I think, I think he's I think enjoying he, his role as sort of like a shepherd of, of pop songs and albums i think he functions better in that way than he does as a solo artist because every bleacher song probably the best bleacher song is i want to get better but even so it never quite coalesces like something's always building he's not a compelling front man yeah he's not a good storyteller i think he's good at shaping stories but he's not good at coming up with the stories who would you want to have work with him um like to help them or just like you know to have to, to you know write songs with them to make a record with them. Probably like Claro, like someone that like that was the first thing I thought of. Someone too. that like I like <laughs> and I'm rooting for, but I think is not gonna do okay without some help. <laughs> right. Well, she made that first record with Rostam, which you know that that's I like good. Rostam, but I think what Claro wants to be, she should work with someone like Jack. I think we could do it if we try. Yeah, because because Rostam, I think, will lean. Okay, this is probably reductive of Rostam, actually, but I, I think he will lean more towards vibe, though he is very obviously very good with melody and harmony, things like that. Whereas I think I, I just don't think you go to Rostam to be like, I want to write a hit. Yeah, because if he wanted to do that, I think he knows how. I just don't think he really wants to. Yeah, I mean, you know, but also you you look at the songs that he's done that were like probably the biggest songs he's done, like like Ivy from the Frank Ocean record. That's that's like a more vibey Frank Ocean yeah. song. Uh, you know, I wonder what it would be like if if Frank and Jack wrote together. Those, that doesn't feel like like that doesn't feel like flavors that would merge. Well. I know that's almost why I want to like see it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Who else should do? Do you see Frank Ocean returning no. this year? No, I think he would love something like a quarantine to like actually behave the way that he wants to behave while everyone else is too. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think we'll see him for like four or five years. That's my take. Wow, that is a long time because he's already like three or four years off. You know, he broke out huge on the label. He broke out huge without the label. He finally got to talk all the shit that he wanted to. He's not coming back for a long time. I don't think he enjoys being famous. And the more music he puts out, the more famous he gets. So I think when he disappears, he knows, takes the pressure off a little bit.